The Twins clinch a series win in their final series at Target Field of the season. Ryan Jeffers returns. Giovanni Moran has a nice outing. Jorge Polanco ruled out for the season. And should the Twins bring back Michael Fulmer in 2023? A lot coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been hosting this podcast for three seasons now and been running at Twins Daily for four seasons. Giovanni Moran had a nice inning tonight, and I want to turn this into a discussion about the bullpen for not the rest of 2022, but into 2023. Michael Fulmer pitched tonight, got in some trouble. Should the Twins bring him back? Because this bullpen looks pretty much set. Jorge Lopez had one of his better innings tonight as well. And the bullpen's less of a question mark this offseason, I think, than it was last offseason. Certainly, I thought it would be better. I thought they would be better in the first half. Uh, but it's less of a question mark going into this offseason because they have guys under team control. You have Griffin Jacks, you have Caleb Thielbar, you have Yoan Duran, you know, you have Jorge Lopez, you have guys under team control for 2023, and in many cases, well beyond 2023, and Duran and, and Jackson and others, Johnny Moran as well, who's who I think will figure in. So it's less of a question mark, but I still think they could benefit from another Fulmer type in 2023. And I don't know if it's Michael Fulmer specifically. I've really enjoyed Michael Fulmer watching him pitch, but the thing with him is his splits are so stark. The righties versus lefties, he's so much better against righties that you have to shield him from left-handed hitters. And you can't always do that. You can't do that in every lineup. You can't do that in every matchup. It's not viable, but he gets beat up so badly by left-handed hitters that you have to shield him from those matchups. And it's tough sometimes. You know, it's tough to look at a lineup and, and think of ways – and, and spots you can use him because his splits are so stark. If if the three batter minimum was no longer a thing, he would be more valuable. Michael Fulmer would be more valuable if there was no three batter minimum because he's like a loogie, you know, left-handed one-out guy. Michael Fulmer is kind of a right-handed one or two-outs guy. You know, he's the guy you bring in when, when you're playing the White Sox, for example, it's Vaughn, Abreu, Jimenez. And the White Sox are easier to match up because it's a very right-handed lineup. But for other teams, it can get tricky. And if their Twins are playing the Yankees, for instance, and Aaron Judge, who at number 61 tonight, you would bring Fulmer in to get Judge out. And then what if Rizzo's on deck and you have to try to get through that? It makes it trickier to use Michael Fulmer because he gets beat up so badly by lefties. But they have options in this pen. I think they feel good about Griffin Jacks against righties and lefties. Obviously, you feel good about Yohan Duran against either. Jorge Lopez has had good splits against both righties and lefties. You feel pretty good about most of these guys in most matchups. So that kind of gives you this flexibility to bring back Michael Fulmer. Is it a one year, you know, seven, seven and a half million dollar deal? Probably maybe less than that, maybe one for six, six and a half, but he's one of the better relievers on the market. So I don't think he's going to take a discount to come back to the twins. You're going to have to pay him to come back. I'd be interested in that. I think I'd be interested in bringing him back. Now, if you say like, and it's self-imposed, the payroll is self-imposed. If you said, 
they're going to use that seven million and put it toward a Correa contract. I would say, okay, let's go get Carlos Correa and secure that. But they should do both. They should do both. They should do many things, and I think they will do many things this offseason. Uh, bringing back Michael Former, I think, would make sense. It, it makes as much sense as bringing Sergio Romo back after 2019. He, he was good for the team. He was a good fit. You know, matchup based, right hander reliever. Makes sense. I think Fulmer, much more so than Sergio, is still on, you know, still in his prime year, still in years where he can be an effective reliever with a fastball at 96 and a hard slider at 92. Sergio was kind of losing that velocity toward the end. And we saw that in 2020 in the shortened season and into the playoffs that year. But I would like to see him come back. And I think Giovanni Moran can be the second lefty out of this bullpen in 2023. Part of the reason the Twins traded Taylor Rogers, I think, is because they really did trust Caleb Theobar and Danny Coulomb to be, you know, left-handed relievers who are going to get left-handed hitters out. And the Theobar part worked really well. The Coulomb part worked well until he got hurt twice with a hip problem. I think next year you can feel good about Moran and Theobar being your left-handed relievers, your two left-handed relievers, matchup-based relievers. And opposite of Fulmer, Moran benefits from the lead three batter minimum because he can get righties and lefties out with that changeup. He can get anybody out and he benefits from, from the three batter minimum. And that way you can have him pitch multiple innings. And we've seen the twins do that tonight. He pitches the eighth of a three run game. It's a later and close situation. The game doesn't matter, but it's late and close and they, they ease them in. They're easing them into the, that role because he's been really good this year at the major league level. Triple a not good at all this year, but in the majors, Giovanni Moran's been, He's been really good, and I think recently his command has been much better. There have been times where he's kind of wiggled his way out of out of jams, and that's why I was less gung-ho about him being on the roster when the Twins were still in the race because I just I couldn't trust him. But he's starting to build trust, I think, with the Twins and, and certainly with me when I watch him. I'm starting to feel more and more confident when he goes out there that he's going to get three outs or one out or whatever they ask him to do. The slider looks like it's improving, and and oddly enough, for a left-handed reliever, the biggest question mark with him is, is he going to be able to get lefties out and throw strikes consistently with his third best pitch being a slider? His best pitch is his changeup, then the fastball, the mid-90s fastball, and then the slider. Is he going to be able to use that slider and throw it for strikes enough to get lefties out? And there's just not a lot of situations where you feel better going to Giovanni Moran against a right-handed hitter than one of your right-handed relievers, which makes it tricky that he has, you know, reverse splits. If you look at his minor league track record, many years has reverse splits where he's better against righties because of the changeup. But there just aren't many situations where you feel good. You feel better going to him against a good right-handed hitter than you do going to Michael Fulmer or Griffin Jacks or Jorge Lopez even or Yohan Duran, obviously. So I think he's going to fit in next year. I'm excited about, about what we've seen. Um, Second in the second half from Giovanni Moran, Josh Winder start tonight. What I liked, what I didn't like Ryan Jeffers returns and uh, Jorge Polanco sounds like out for the year. Jorge Lopez was good touching 99 in his outing tonight. All that coming up after this word from blue chew summer's winding down. The nights are getting longer. That's right. This episode is sponsored by blue chew with blue chew men everywhere. Excited to see the postman. Your package has arrived. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? It's time to head over to Blue Chew. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. 
Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Again, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it, head over to BlueChew.com. That's promo code locked on at BlueChew.com. Josh Winder, pretty prototypical Josh Winder start that we've seen this year. More swing and miss tonight. Uh, better stuff early, and then it seemed like he tired as the start got longer in the middle innings. He, he started to tire. I had a full episode last week breaking down the problems with Josh Winder this year and whether he's a starter long-term. Something I left out, and I saw again tonight, and I wish I would have highlighted in that episode. Confidence is a key for him. I think building confidence as a starter in the bigs, that's a big thing, and that's something we sometimes forget with rookie starters, young starting pitchers. Confidence is important. And I think with Winder, as he gets more confident and he gets more confident in his stuff at the big league level, you're going to see improvement. That's part of this. Like that could be the biggest part of this for him to remain a starter. Can he stay confident? Can he stay cool, calm, collected when things get a little rough? He gives up a bloop single. Seems like it's snowballed on him this year. And I think part of that is because his fastball has gotten destroyed. And we went over that in the, in the full breakdown and we'll break that down more this off season. His fastball has gotten destroyed. And I, I don't think he trusts his fastball right now. Maybe the answer to that is he's a reliever. He trusts his fastball as a reliever because his slider is a great pitch. A lot of swing and miss on the slider tonight. It's a good pitch. Even when he misses, it's hard to barrel up a lot like Griffin Jacks in that way. Some good things tonight. You know, he got more swings and misses. It seemed like he was commanding the zone better with his off-speed stuff tonight. And then just the fastball velocity is the down. Where Where is it? Like 93-94? He's 95-96 last year. You know, in the beginning of this year, he's 95-96. Does his shoulder have something to do with that? Probably. Would he play better out of the bullpen? Almost certainly. But you don't want to... Just move guys to the bullpen as soon as you see trouble in their rookie season as a starter. If he continues to get hurt, more shoulder problems, like this is second year in a row, multiple shoulder problems, so shoulder impingement, continues to get hurt, his fastball gets crushed when he's healthy, then you need to move him to the bullpen. But we're trending in that direction, and you got to see more of what we saw in the first couple innings tonight as a starter to feel really confident going into 2023, having him set in the rotation. I don't think right now, Josh Winder is in a competitive rotation in 2023. Maybe he's your fifth starter. I wouldn't feel great about him being in the Twins rotation in 2023. I'd feel okay. I wouldn't feel, I, I don't think that he would be in, you know, many competitive rotations, you know, many playoff rotations at this point. Do I think he could get there? Absolutely. I think he has a, a future as a mid-rotation starter, if he can figure those things out, the fastball and health, if he can figure those things out and pitch usage and his confidence, there's more to it, I think he's a mid-rotation starter. I think for sure he would be a really good reliever, though. So I think the Twins will weigh that this offseason. They have, like I mentioned, they have a lot of guys already in the bullpen, and they they need more starters more than relievers, I would say, but not by much. So I don't, I don't know if they'll do that, but it's a question that could come up in the offseason. Jorge Polanco sounds like out for the year. This one to me uh, is mind boggling, like how this went down. Cause every time he has something wrong in recent years, and I know he had two ankle surgeries and has dealt with knee problems this year. It's like, okay, Polo banged up his knee on a slide. He banged up his knee on a slide at the end of August. Okay. He'll be back in a couple of days. And then a couple of days went to a week and eight days and nine days. And then they finally put him on the injured list and he's been out for a month. 
and now he's out for the season. It's um, that one was was wild because we're not used to that with Polo. He joins Byron Buxton, Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, Alex Kirilov, and likely Trevor Larnick as guys who are out for this season. I've said it before. That to me is the wildest part of this. Like the sheer number, yes, but that these guys are out for the year that they have been ruled out like Kirilov out for months, you know, Tyler Malley out for the season. Now, Jorge Polanco, just they're done. Their off season started. <laughs> they're done. You know, we'll see you next year. That to me is wild. And some of those decisions are because the twins are out of the race. I think you would have seen Byron Buxton back right now. If the twins were in the race, I think Jorge Polanco would have found a way back. If the twins were in the race, Tyler Malley, less certain, you know, Alex Kirilov out for the year. Larnick, He's hurt now with a wrist after coming back from core muscle surgery. And who knows if he would have been healthy. Sonny Gray, you know, you probably get him back for the playoffs, hopefully, if the Twins were in it. But they're not. So they make these decisions. The Buxton surgery, shutting down Polo. These are decisions they made, mostly in part because the season is over. But it's still wild to me that these are all season-ending. Like, they became season-ending injuries. And it's just such a a gut punch. You're not going to see these guys at all you know it's going to be a year almost a year before we see Alex Kirilov on opening day which is like it's just wild to me that that the it went down this way is wild to me it's always good to beat the White Sox and Ryan Jeffers came back I wasn't sure Jeffers was going to come back it sounded like he was going to be back the last week of the season we got a little bit of a shortened up timeline for Ryan Jeffers we haven't gotten that at all this year shortened timelines have been hard to find but we got one with Ryan Jeffers and I'm reminded and I'm always reminded when these guys come back and who they replace I'm always reminded of why they're starters I feel a lot better with Ryan Jeffers and his plate appearances definitely than Sandy Leon and I probably feel better in his plate appearances than Gary Sanchez and I definitely feel better about him behind the dish over Gary Sanchez so Getting Ryan Jeffers back, like that was a big loss for this team. There were guys who went down that at the time I was like, okay, they they can rally from this. And they should have, you know, in, in many instances, they could have and should have rallied from it. Losing Ryan Jeffers was underrated. That was an underrated loss this season because of how he calls the game. He does a good job with the young starters. He's got relationships with them. They love throwing to him. And at the plate, I think he's really starting to figure it out at the big league level. I think he's starting to figure out his approach and his plan and drawing walks and looking for fastballs and driving pitches. He has, I think he has the ability to be like a 325, 330 on base guy. I think he does. I think he can draw walks. I think he can hit for some power. And I'm excited to see him in another full season in 2023. Doesn't mean I don't think the Twins should be in the market for Wilson Contreras or in the market to trade for a better catcher than Ryan Jeffers. They can always get better. They can get better at catcher. Absolutely. And they'll need a backup. They'll need a backup or they'll need a starter. Maybe you push Jeffers to the backup role. I don't see that happening. That's why they traded Mitch Garver. Part of why they traded Mitch Garver is to put Ryan Jeffers as the starter and have him, you know, be the guy. They'll probably do that again next year. I don't think it'll be Sandy Leone. I don't think it'll be Gary Sanchez. You know, Omar Omar Narvaez is a guy I'm looking at. There's some others on the free agent market free agents, you know, defensive first catchers you can go get, or they can go get Wilson Contreras and, and shore up the lineup and the catching spot in one swift move. Jorge Lopez was really good tonight. And I saw in his last outing, there was, I want to say speculation, but it feels, it feels right to say he might've tired this year. He's it's his first season, like as a, a full-time high leverage reliever, you come out, you throw smoke, you throw bullets in an inning at a time, but that can take it out of you too. 
you know, that can take it out of you over a full season, pitching high leverage innings constantly for the Orioles then comes over with playoff expectations to the Twins as their closer on a playoff team at the time. That Those are high expectations, you know, and that, that can tire you out too physically in your first year as a reliever. And I think when you see him off multiple days of rest and his stuff looked like it did tonight, his stuff was the best I've seen it as a twin tonight. That was the best his stuff has looked. He was 99 consistently with the sinker at 99. And then his curveball was great. And his changeup he brought out, he flipped out to strike out Romy Gonzalez. This White Sox lineup is is no good. Like this this lineup, they have some good hitters. Andrew Vaughn's a good hitter. You know, Aloy's a beast. Jose Abreu is great. They have some good hitters. But this is a team that's lost eight in a row that's had a, a wildly disappointing season offensively and especially lately has been awful. But Jorge Lopez, I'll take anything from him at this point. Like I said a couple weeks ago, this is an important stretch for certain guys. This is an important stretch for Jorge Lopez to show us and like show Twins fans, show the front office, show Rocco Baldelli, I can be trusted as a high leverage reliever in 2023. Maybe he can't. Maybe we'll find out further that he can't. But in these last couple games, you know, you got seven games left. If Jorge Lopez has three outings and he has three scoreless outings, that's going to change some things for me. It's going to change his line as a twin because there's not enough innings there uh, for his numbers to be set in stone. So he has actual influence on how he finishes the season and how I perceive this season. And I think how some fans will perceive his season as a twin. And most importantly, it's less about that because the season is over and they're not going to make the playoffs. It's about 2023. He has two years of team control remaining in arbitration. Do you feel good about Jorge Lopez as like your eighth inning guy next year? If he puts up some, if you see his stuff is back and he starts putting up some performances and he's confident and he looks like he did tonight, I'm going to feel fine with that. I'm going to feel fine. But, you know, a week ago, not. So it can change. And that's the life as a reliever. That's the life as a reliever. Is it possible Jorge Lopez is the pumpkin he was before the first half of this season? when he was a terrible pitcher in the big leagues, it's possible. That's possible. And we might see that further, unfortunately, but it's also possible that he had a rough stretch. He was moved to the bullpen as a starter to a reliever. He was dominant. His stuff plays up just like we've seen with a lot of starters, like Liam Hendricks moved to the bullpen stuff plays up. He's awesome. Jorge Lopez moved to the bullpen stuff plays up. He's awesome. In the second half of the season, or at least after the trade deadline, post trade deadline, he hasn't been. Is it a rough stretch? Is it him? Is it Was it an outlier, the first half an outlier? The reason I hesitate to say it was is because of this stuff. And Roy Smalley was kind of breaking it down tonight. He said, you just got to keep putting him out there. And this stuff is A+. plus. It's not a guy throwing 90 with the fastball who got really lucky in the first half and you bought high on him. This is a guy who has a, a turbo sinker at 99 miles an hour with really good off-speed stuff. He's nasty. His Ground ball rate is through the roof. He's someone with his stuff you'd hope you can trust. But results matter. It's a results-based league. And his results with the Twins overall haven't been very good. Tonight, he was very good. I loved watching him tonight. He was confident. He was throwing strikes. He got behind early, but then came back, threw strikes, got outs, and had a quick inning. One, two, three. And and had a, uh, a strikeout mixed in there, too, I believe. So good stuff from Jorge Lopez. I loved it. And uh, hopefully we see more of that down the stretch twins will go for the sweep on thursday they're now tied for second place they have the tiebreaker because they're they're leading the season series i think they are for sure leading the season series so they have the tiebreaker there uh for second place and we broke that down last night a little bit i would love to see them finish in second place go for the sweep 
on Thursday. It's a day game. It'll be Louis Varland and Lucas Giolito. So fun little matchup there at Target Field. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Now head on over and listen to the Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team in the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks again. Have a great day, and go Twins.